The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Coming to you live, by the way. Not really live. You guys don't listen to this live. Uh, But from my car outside the hotel room at the beach where I'm at with my family until tomorrow. So it will be audio only. It is 6.40 a.m. My family's all sleeping. I don't want to wake them up, but I did want to make sure we got you guys the podcasts uh, that you deserve and that you need. Um early in the morning before I do some biking and beach walking and all that kind of stuff with them. So it'll be audio only. So uh, you won't be able to check this out over at YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. But most of you still listen to it audio only anyway, which is great. Uh, We will have a spread the word winner and a sponsor confirmation email winner later in the week. You guys know we've been talking about both those things for years. They both mean quite a bit to us for people that do either one of those things. Spread the word winner is either at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hopefully you're already following us, liking us, whatever, on all of those platforms. And then intern Casey, I mean, if you if you just follow at Ross Tucker pod now on Twitter and Instagram, She has totally taken our social media game to the next level. It's been incredible with the video clips from YouTube, from the show, the other stuff she posts. So highly encourage you, as Brian would say, I highly encourage you to follow at Ross Tucker pod on Twitter, Instagram. If you like or retweet any of those, you're eligible to win a little something, something at the end of the week, usually a signed picture, a signed card, whatever you'd like. Although next week we will have yet another special offer. Sponsor confirmation email winner. You can see all of our sponsors if you scroll down the homepage at RossTucker.com. You can also go to the sponsor tab at RossTucker.com or just anything you hear me say here on the show. Take advantage of any of those and you can be that Mike Singletary-esque 
winner. Uh, we are continuing the YouTube new subscriber cameo shout out. So it's funny, a bunch of you have been hiring me recently via the cameo app to give you shout outs. You can also just subscribe to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and maybe get one for free. If you're the winner at the end of the week that I give a shout out to. So interesting guest today, by the way, and I did this on purpose. So I've told you guys before there are evergreen interviews that we do from time to time when, you know, my family and I were supposed to go on a vacation or Brian or whatever. Well, that really didn't happen um, with coronavirus, certainly not flying anywhere or any type of vacation like that. Uh, but I feel like it's timely. And this is Richard Giller. I don't know if you're familiar with the name. He is considered the expert on insurance for college prospects. And it's funny because we did this interview back in February about like Tua and, you know, things that college prospects need to have and keep in mind in terms of how they get insurance. Well, it's kind of crazy because it feels like it's perfect timing again because all of these players opting out, let's be honest about this. I think we can be adults. A lot of them that are top prospects are opting out, are opting out just as much for the issues related to getting injured and orthopedic concerns as they are COVID. But I guess I wonder, some of these guys that are tweeting, we want to play, like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, I wonder if their insurance covers you know, COVID or covers something that would hurt their, their loss of value. So we got into both, if you can't play again, loss of value, whether or not the colleges help pay. I, I have a friend, a uh, kid I know, that the college only pays for the insurance if you are documented as being a projected top three-round pick. It's really, it's really a whole different aspect of football and the business of football that's really interesting and actually incredibly timely with everything going on with these college prospects right now. I think you guys are going to enjoy and learn a lot during today's big show. The big show. Every once in a while, I like to really do a deep dive on an aspect of football that's important, yet we don't talk about that often. And it could be a lot of different things contracts, whatever. Today, very excited to have insurance expert, insurance litigator Richard Giller from Pillsbury Law on the show to talk about insurance for football players. Now, let me ask you this, Richard. And by the way, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Ross. Appreciate it. All right. So let's start with this, though. In my mind, I am familiar with three different types of insurance for football players. I am familiar with the uh, disability insurance for college players or NFL players, meaning if you get hurt and you can't ever play again, you get money. So that could be a college player who's an NFL prospect and his senior year, he gets hurt, whatever. And NFL players can get that insurance as well. And then college players also have a loss of value option Meaning they get hurt, and it's not that they can never play again, 
but their draft stock went down quite a bit. Although now that I'm saying that, I wonder if the same thing exists for a guy that's going to be a free agent in the NFL, like let's say Dak Prescott last year, if he got himself that kind of insurance. So where, why don't we start with that? Where am I right? Where am I wrong? What are the, are there other things I'm missing or did I nail it? <laughs> well, you nailed part of it. How's that? Um, so there are basically four types of insurance policies a college or a pro football player can take out. Permanent total disability, which was the first one you described, which is you suffer an injury and you can never play your sport ever again. Um, some of those policies are offered on a 24-hour worldwide basis, and some of them are offered like if you're a big hunter or and you, somebody shoots you in the foot and you can't play football again, you can still recover. It doesn't have to be a football-related injury that forces you to retire from football. So that's one. We call that PTD. There's a, there's a similar type of policy called temporary total disability. So let's say you suffer an injury during the season and you miss two or three games. You might be able to recover under certain circumstances for that. And, and the TTD policy is actually pretty good if you have sponsorship agreements or you've got, uh, you know, uh, you've, somebody signed you on as an as an advertising representative type of thing, and and you're and you're making money that way, but you lose it because you miss six, seven, eight games of the season. Um, the loss of value coverage you described is actually not a separate policy, but it is a rider on the permanent total disability policy. And so, if you have a PTD policy, you can add an endorsement for loss of value coverage the two limits cannot, the loss of value limit cannot be higher than the PTD limit. So if you have a $5 million PTD policy, you can also have a $5 million LOV policy. And you nailed it on the aspect of you can take an LOV policy out anytime you're expecting a big jump in a contract, either your first contract or your next big contract or your third big contract. So exclusive rights free agent, unrestricted free agent, anytime you think there's going to be a big jump in your contract value, the year before that, you take the policy out so that if you get injured and you suffer an injury that causes you to sign for less than everybody expects you to sign for, ostensibly the, the, the insurance covers that delta. And finally, there's a fourth type of policy that's relatively new, came out a couple of years ago, called critical injury and illness coverage. And they, they just provide you a lump sum for specified injuries. So let's say you have an ACL tear. Uh, they'll pay you 500 grand uh, without any question, without having to impact your insurance, I mean, your next contract, without proving anything other than you suffered the injury. Got it. Okay, so uh, permanent total disability, Loss of value, injury and illness coverage. What was the second one again? I actually lost you for a second there. A little technical difficulty. What was the second one again? Uh, temporary total disability. It's very similar to the permanent policy, except you don't have to never be able to play again. It only requires that you miss a certain number of games. It's more prevalent in baseball than football because of the length of the season. Um, but, but it's available for both. Okay, so now let's let's talk turkey. On the total permanent disability, the only way you get that is if you never play football again 
and a doctor says you can never play football again, but what if the team has a doctor that says, oh, no, he can play? Well, that's a good question, and, and that's one of the battles that comes up. A couple of the battles that come up in permanent total disability claims uh, come up in the form of it wasn't a single injury that caused you to be permanently disabled, but instead several different injuries. Or I had a baseball case one time where they insured a pitcher and they said it wasn't a single injury, but a series of micro traumas caused by repetitive overhand throwing motion, which of course is all he did for a living. Um, so there's those fights. And then there's the fight on, you know, is he a malinger? and just wants to recover under his policy and doesn't want to play football for fear that he might have a sixth, seventh, eighth concussion or something. A lot of the PTD policies, by the way, don't cover neurocognitive losses. And so it's really more of a, of an injury, um, you know, to the body part. Um, but, but those can all come up and the, and insurance companies are not in the business of paying out claims. They're in the business of collecting premiums. And then when a claim comes up, they oftentimes try and figure out a way to minimize their loss, and that may be one of the ways they could try and do it. But, um, you know, there's some interesting interplay between team doctors and these types of policies. For example, what if a team doctor noticed a basketball player had a torn labrum but only told the player he had a subluxation, and they just rehabbed the player, and, in fact, he actually had a torn labrum, which he never reported to the insurance company because he wasn't aware of it because the team doctor wanted him back on the court and then he submits a claim under one of these types of policies and the, and the insurance company you know takes a fine tooth comb through every medical record the players ever had and finds the torn labrum and says oh you lied to us on your application so those cases come up all the time ross and then that player sues the team for not telling them the truth <laughs> If you're not with that team any longer, yeah, you probably would sue the team. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so just out of curiosity, how often do these end up getting paid out? Like for every 10 guys that try to collect on total permanent disability, how many of them end up getting their money? So under the PTD claims, I would say – 90 to 100 percent get paid they don't necessarily get paid 90 to 100 percent of the policy limits but the claims themselves get paid um regularly the fight is always over how much if you have a 10 million dollar permanent total disability policy and mind you and and we can talk about the tax implications on other aspects of this later but one of the great benefits of these policies is as a professional athlete you're taxed at what, 50, 60% sometimes? So if you buy a permanent total disability policy for $10 million limits, let's say, and, and you recover on it, that's tax-free. So you would have had to have made another 20 or $25 million in salary to, to net $10 million bucks. Um, so permanent total disability policy claims are a lot easier to recover on. Loss of value claims present a few more hurdles but I can tell you, every PTD claim and every loss of value claim I've ever had representing athletes have all been paid at some level. Okay, so what I'm not understanding there, though, is if the policy is for $10 million 
if you can ever play football again and you paid the premium and you can never play football again, why are you not getting the $10 million? Well, you brought up a point, which is, was it that injury? Was it some other injury? Can you actually play again? Are you just trying to recover 10 million bucks, even though everybody has cleared you to play? So there are always issues. The issue of, was it a single injury, for example, in my baseball example I gave you earlier? Um, or was it a uh, combination of uh, multiple traumas that caused the permanent total disability? It all depends on the policy wording. And, you know, if an insurance company thinks they can save 5 or 10% on a, on a policy limit, they're going to fight it. Got it. All right, let's get to loss of value then. Uh, that one is really interesting, and it's either a free agent. I think probably the better example would be a guy like Tua Tungo-Vailoa or a guy that was thought to be a high pick, had another year of college, Trevor Lawrence coming up this year. I would like to think that he would have both total and permanent disability and loss of value. How does that work? So the college football scenario is, is easy to understand for most people because of the slotted nature of the, of the you know, draft positions. Um, so Tua had a permanent total disability insurance policy purchased by the University of Alabama on, his, on him. He's not going to recover anything under that policy because he's able to play. As, as far as I've read and heard, he's cleared to play and is actually doing recovering much better. I think the injury he suffered was very similar to Bo Jackson's injury, but apparently the medical improvements have, have been such that he can, he can play again. And he, he's, you know, he still has a relatively high drafts uh, stock. Alabama, like some other schools, has a policy that they will not pay for loss of value coverage for any of their student athletes. And part, that's partly because they have so many potential number one, number two, number three round draft picks in multiple sports that they have decided to buy more policies for more players on a PTD level. And if the player wants to buy loss of value coverage as an endorsement or a rider on that policy, they can, but they have to do it themselves. They have to pay for that poli- the, the additional policy premium out of their own pocket somehow, whether that's borrowing, borrowing money against their future earnings or whether that's mom and dad, you know, cutting a check or some other method of payment. But Alabama only p- pays for PTD policies. I think Clemson allows student assistance fund money to be used for both PTD and LOV coverages. The only downside, well, there's a tax implications question, but the, the downside is that under the NCAA rules, schools can only buy a maximum uh, amount of coverage, $10 million for football players and men's basketball players. So if you have a $5 million PTD policy with a $5 million LOV uh, limit as well, that's the maximum you can buy through using student assistance fund money in the NCAA. Now, the player is free to go out and buy the additional coverage if he wants a $20 million policy with $10 million PTD and $10 million LOV. But to get a, a good feel about this too, Ross, <laughs> so Tua was 
you know, described as a surefire, you know, top five pick before, before he got injured. And the, you know, if you look at last year's slotted numbers, the number five pick signed for like 29.3 million and the number three pick for like 31.3. So let's just say somebody would have valued to his draft stock at $30 million, four years, 30 million bucks. Insurance companies will only insure 50 to 60% of that. So if we use the high end, they probably would have issued him a loss of value policy with a threshold amount of say 18 million bucks, meaning that if he got injured and was drafted and fell below that threshold amount, that's when insurance would kick in. So in Tua's case, he would have had to drop to like number 11 before he really even could recover anything. He, um, number 20, if he dropped to, if he drops to 20, he would have had a $5.4 million loss uh, in value of his contract below the 60% threshold. So you know, for somebody who looks like a top five pick, it's a it's an important coverage to to procure. So two things that bother me, and I understand like you, you probably can't just pay for every kid's insurance on some level, um, but you can because the insurance company is only going to offer it to the guys that are elite players, and if they are elite players, then they are making a lot of money for, and there are difference makers for those schools. So I think it's total crap that the teams, that the schools, number one, that there's a limit up to 10 million when Tungo Vialoa was supposed to make $36 million fully guaranteed if he was the number one overall pick. And number two, that they don't pay for loss of value. Both those bother me. Well, as a, as a, Staunch supporter of athletes getting as much insurance coverage as possible. I'm in complete agreement with you. So just just to give you another wrinkle, the NCAA has further restrictions on the use of student assistance fund money to pay for these types of policies. Um, you either have to be a first round pick, uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, and the WNBA, or first through third round pick in the NFL or NHL. So, you know, that's first to third round pick is probably right because, you know, once you get to the bottom of the third round, the, the, the price differential or the, or the contract differential between that pick and the top of the seventh round isn't enough if you're only insuring 60% of the threshold. Um, but I think every first, second, and third round potential NFL draft pick in a, every you know, FBS school should have insurance coverage. And and some schools have very interesting ways to do it. Like UCLA, for example, they offer to have the student athlete take out a loan from, you know, a reputable bank um, that, that UCLA works with. And they say, take the loan out, buy as much coverage as you want, uh, PTD and loss of value, if that's what you want to do. Um, if you stay in school until you're you know, eligible to go to the pros and you stay academically eligible, you don't get arrested, you don't have any other issues, um, once all of those preconditions apply, the school will then pay off the loan. So they will basically front the money. The, kid, the student athlete takes out the loan, but the loan is paid for by UCLA. 
Um, and, and you got to remember, one of the things that was very interesting, and for years the NCAA refused to allow student-athletes to borrow against future earnings to buy these types of policies. And then at some point, I think the little light bulb came on Ross, and they thought, wow, if we offer this type of coverage, it's one of the best internal recruiting tools a school could have, right? Don't worry about it. You don't have to turn pro. You, you don't have to get your money as soon as you can. We'll take out an insurance policy, and you're protected. So then they realized they'll let the student-athletes borrow against future earnings, and they came out with a ruling that the schools could use student assistance fund money to buy these policies. And, you know, just to give you an example, in the 1819 college academic year, and the NCAA distributed $86.6 million in student assistance fund money to the various schools. And of that, about a quarter of that amount was spent on health insurance issues, including insurance policy premiums. Very interesting, Richard. Yeah, th- th- these were kind of some of the questions that I had. I get it. I just think the schools, the limit should be what the guy's contract is projected to be, and they should have to pay for loss of value, not the player borrowing against future. Uh, you know, in that case, I think some of these got more of these guys should consider just sitting out and not playing at all. Richard, this was fantastic. I knew it would be. I know that this is something we talk about a lot, you know, before the draft, kids deciding whether or not to go pro or not, next year's top prospects, even the Trevor Lawrence-type discussion. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Ross. Really appreciate it. Love that. Love stuff like that. You know, because that's an important aspect of pro football, of college football that I didn't know that much about. It's kind of like I know a lot of people know that there are states now where betting is legalized and there's going to be more states where betting becomes legalized, but maybe you don't know that much about it. I would encourage you to download DraftKings, America's top rated sports book app. It's safe, secure, it's reliable, and it's based right here in the U.S. So you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. They've got UFC bets this weekend. Place a bet of a dollar on either main event fighter for the opportunity to win $252. You cannot beat those odds. They get an NBA free live bet. If you place a pregame money line bet on a single game of at least $25, you'll receive a $10 free bet to use on a live market within that game. Pretty cool. So um, it's pretty pretty awesome. That'll be live on the site 817. So make sure you're getting ready for that starting next week. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS when you sign up. They get all kinds of bonuses. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Ducks takes. Hi, Ross. The final numbers are in. 66 players opting out, including Chiefs rookie Lucas Nyang, while 56 tested positive in the first round of testing in the NFL. So I think it, the general consensus, and somehow there was a number last night that came out that was 69. I don't know. They had said 66 after the opt-in date was over, and now they say 69. By the way, that'll be a topic that I know Andrew's hot on, which is what if a guy changes his mind and three weeks from now wants to opt out? What are they going to do? Like, you know, they're going to fine him. They're going to, you know, so that's going to be an interesting topic to discuss with Andrew a little bit on Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Um, but 66 players opting out, I think, are more than we thought. Uh, we've touched on the reasons for that. I think for a lot of guys that are high risk, but you know, high risk both health-wise and with whether or not they're going to make the team. I think you could argue it's a financial no-brainer to be to opt out under the high risk category. I think the guys that are not high risk, it's a little bit of a different deal, but there are still some that decide to do that. And Lucas Niang, yeah, the first rookie to do it. Now, the flip side, 56 testing positive in the first round, that's less than I think we thought. I think people thought it'd be a solid at least 5% of the players that came back would test positive. They didn't know it, whatever. Uh, but it, it's lower than that. So opt-out numbers higher than expected, testing positive lower than expected. On to the college side, Purdue wide receiver Rondell Moore, Miami defensive end Gregory Rousseau, and Pitt D-tackle Jalen Twyman are the latest college prospects to opt out of the 2020 season. And that's assuming there is going to be a 2020 season. Correct. At this point, with all of the reporting yesterday from Ross Dellinger and Pat Forty and Pete Dammel and all the college football writers out there, it sounds like the college football season is on life support, which is a shame. And I should point out, we're going to go over the Big Ten top prospects on today's College Draft podcast, because here's the reality. The way the schedule is set up right now, the NFL is still going to have a draft next April. Whether there's a college season or not, the NFL is going to have a draft. And so we need to continue, whether they're playing games or not, to go over the top prospects and get you guys ready for April's draft. So you guys know. Uh, you know what? You could argue that the College Draft podcast is even more important this year, just in the sense that there's not going to be games. There might not be games for you guys to actually watch and know who they are. So you're going to have to go ahead and actually listen to shows like College Draft with Emory Hunt today and know who they are because you're not going to have watched them this season. Sounds like it's teetering on the brink. A real shame. The players, uh, some of them are, are fighting hard to try to keep the season. I could do a whole show on that at some point, uh, and maybe I will. But what I'll say right now is for Rondell Moore, Gregory Rousseau, Jalen Twyman, I guess I, I – Maybe they didn't want to start the practicing. I think their teams are starting to have practice. So that's why they opted out before the practices were starting. Because I would say I would have waited to make sure there even was a season before I would opt out. 
if I were some of these guys. But I understand if they were out there practicing, uh, they don't want to risk injury there, which, by the way, is, I think, a large reason why they're opting out in the first place. Seahawks, Quentin Dunbar removed from the commissioner's exempt list while four formal charges are brought against Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker for armed robbery. DeAndre Baker's in some serious you-know-what. I mean, last year's first-round pick for the New York Giants, or second first-round pick, I guess, this is brutal. I mean, you take a corner in the first round, and now he gets four formal charges brought against him for felony armed robbery. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's ever going to play another down for the Giants. And in fact, they're trying to go about getting as much of the guaranteed money back from him as they can. Good luck with that. That's a brutal situation for the Giants. Meanwhile, Quentin Dunbar, evidently they don't have enough evidence against him. So it sounds like he's just going to be able to play. Couldn't possibly be more different for those two guys. More trouble in the NFC East is the well, the Redskins. Are we calling them the Redskins? The Washington football team? They released Darius Geis shortly after domestic abuse arrest in uh, Northern Virginia. So if you remember, Darius Geis had some serious issues when he was at LSU that nobody would ever really say what they were. Nobody ever really talked about what those issues were. There were all kinds of rumors, but he fell significantly in the draft as a guy with some serious red flags. And now we're seriously seeing why that is. Domestic abuse, arrest, strangulation, the the Washington football team, still hard, it's going to be like the Chargers. The, the Washington football team arrested, I mean, released him immediately after the arrest create some unique opportunities there at running back in Washington. But with everything else they have going on and with his injury history as well, they're just too many, too many red flags, too many strikes against him at this point. So they were going to move on from him. And finally, Eagles signed Vinnie Curry back and they put Jatavis Brown on the reserved retired list and the 49ers signed Spencer Long. So the Eagles, yeah, Vinny Curry, they, you know, he had a pretty nice year for them last year. Defensive end depth is always a priority for them. So now they've got Vinny's the three, Josh Schwett's the four. They feel pretty good about all four of those guys. And then they got a bunch of guys that will compete to be the fifth, maybe sixth defensive end. And some of those guys can go on practice squad this year, which is a little bit different, right? You've got – They've got a lot more room on practice squad this year to keep some of those guys because they've got some young guys that are still working through it. Jatavis Brown was slated to compete for a real role there with the Eagles at linebacker, but I guess he's decided that, you know, he no longer really has it in him and is hanging up the cleats, as they say. You know, it seems like a lot of times to me, guys like that end up regretting that later, but. Only he knows that. Only he knows his reasons and and why he feels that way. And uh, I wish him well in whatever his reasons are, whatever he decides to do. And the Niners are lacking a little depth in the interior of the O-line. Right guard, you know, they want some more. uh, Spencer Long can also play center, but he's got a lot of experience at right guard. So that's why the 49ers uh, 
signed long. Other than that, Wednesday, we will have Andrew Brandt here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll go over all of the college football stuff, all of the eventual opt-out, if guys want to opt-out later. I mean, there's just a lot going on. These are all sort of first-time issues that we've never really experienced before. And then Greg Cosell on Friday. Hopefully you guys got a chance to listen to last Friday's show where we went over the position groups most and least affected by the coronavirus and the limited practice time. I thought that was really good as well. And then, of course, we'll have not one but two Fantasy Feast podcasts this week. With Joe Dolan, we're doing Tears of Dolan. So it's like we used to do Tears of Evan. You do not want to miss Tears of Dolan. And Even Money Podcast, we're going to go over how we've done for the last four years on that show. That I think people are going to really, you're going to actually hear what our standings have been, what our record has been. We're putting it all out there for you. Other than that, shout outs as always. Go to Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.